1: This is the GM Shuffle. Like, how can you look at Atlanta with a straight face and say they're not interested in Lamar when they were on the meeting to fly with Deshaun Watson? How can you say Carolina's not interested when they were on the airplane to see Deshaun Watson? Lamar's better than Deshaun. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and V-CIN. is Femi
0: Abebefei. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and Visa. And I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Michael, you're on the road. No, you're down there yeah. on the East Coast, We're ready to make the trip out here to Las Vegas later this week. We're excited to have you, buddy.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to being out there and spending a lot of time in Las Vegas and kind of getting to know your city there, Femi. I'm sure i just throw your (laughs) name around and all the doors will swing wide open. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's a little different town. You know, my first time I made this cross-country trip, I started my career. Now I'm at the end of my career. I started my career driving uh, my car from Ocean City, New Jersey, across the country to go work at UNLV. So it's kind of interesting that I'm doing this again some 40 years later. Uh, and I'll have time to reflect on all those years as I drive across the mm-hmm. country. So it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to spending a lot of time with you hitting that mob museum, mm-hmm. kind of uh, seeing what we can do and,
0: and keep growing the GM shuffle. All roads lead back to Las Vegas is what they always say. Yeah, there. seriously. <laughs> uh, but let's get into it. Cause I'm fired up because free agency is going to come up starting next week. The legal tampering period, quote unquote, starts on Monday, yeah. newly yeah, and geared and yeah, on Wednesday, kind of like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but we're already yeah. meeting. Rodgers had his meeting with the New York Jets earlier this week. The New York Jets brass went all the way out to California. And now it sounds like things are about to come to a head here with Aaron Rodgers joining the New York Jets. This is something that we talked about earlier this week about, hey, these sides have interest there. Permission has been granted for Rodgers to go talk to New York or New York rather to go talk to Rodgers out in California. I'm curious, though, because everyone's framing it as the ball is being in Aaron Rodgers' court and all that stuff. What do you think the compensation is going to be like when this deal ultimately becomes finalized?
1: You know, last week we, we reported that, you know, A, he wants to play football. Like, there's no way that they would have gotten on an airplane to fly 3,000 miles, waste mm-hmm. all that money on fuel, if the guy wasn't interested in playing football. Now, I know he's not said that he's officially coming back, and I'm sure he's couching it as if, well, I want to hear what they have to say. No, I think what they... What you want to hear is what the contract's going to be. I think that's the whole meeting. The whole meeting is, can we agree on a deal? Can we agree on how we're restructuring this money you're owed and fit it into our salary cap? That's essentially what it is. All, these, all this reporting, well, the sides are moving closer. Of course, they're moving closer. They flew all the way the hell out there. You know, like, do you think they're not going to come up with a deal? Like, to me, that's just trying to get Twitter followers to follow you. Oh yeah, you know they're close. So I, I could say, well, you know, the you know the, this team's close to signing Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, like, is it going to happen? Of course, I don't know. But what does close mean? Here's the deal. They had to go out there to find out, A, how they're going to restructure the contract. You got Dave Dunn in the meeting. You got Aaron Rodgers. They're telling him his plan, even though it's couched as if he may not want to come back, but he does want to play. He wouldn't be taking the meeting if he didn't want to play. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like he would say, look, I'm not ready to decide whether I want to play or not. I don't need a meeting. No, of course you need a meeting. You want to hear what they have to say. So i taken the meeting and the Jets seem to be the team. What I reported last week on the show was it's going to take you, it'll, it'll cost the Jets their first round pick. And then they've got to figure out the compensation for if he plays one year or if he plays two years or if he plays three years. So let's just say it's a one and a three, OK, to get Rodgers. Mm-hmm. That three moves to a two if he decides to play in 2022, 2024, or it moves to another one. In tw- you know, I don't know where it's going to move to, but it'll be a it'll be a solid pick with a conditional pick predicated on what's going to happen.
0: You know, it's interesting that you bring up the first round pick because I was reading Albert Breer of the MMQB, his mailbag, and he thinks that they might not have to part with a first rounder. Given Rodgers' contract, given the age and the uncertainty, he thinks that the Jets might be able to get this done while keeping their first rounders, and maybe it's a second plus more stuff there. You keep referencing the first round pick. Is that kind of what you're hearing, that this has to be a first round pick centering the conversation, given that the Jets are pretty desperate for a quarterback?
1: I think that's what the that's what the Packers are asking for, right? They're asking for that one, and I think Breer could be correct in the sense that they could shape it. You could say, okay, we're going to give you a two, and then if he plays for two years, we'll give you an additional one, and that'll be kind of contingent. I think there's a lot of ways to shape this, especially if you're Joe Douglas, you know the Packers will want to get rid of him, which we reported mm-hmm. last week. The Packers are done with them, so like that divorce has happened. Like I don't think they're going to be able to kit that back together again. So once that occurs, you know that the Packers don't have as much leverage in the negotiation on a trade, especially since they've agreed to let these two parties meet. Now, my sense of it is, is if I were Joe, if I were Brian Gutekist, I wouldn't allow the meeting to occur until the Jets agree to some form of compensation. Let's shape it. Mm -hmm. It's going to cost you X, Y and Z. How we work it out, whether it's in 23 or 24, we got to still do that. But to me, before the meeting takes place, you've got to have some form of because here's what happens. If Roger says, I want to play for the Jets and you haven't agreed on compensation, the Jets says, well, I'll just give you a seventh. He wants to play for us. Well, no, wait a minute. No, because you don't want him back. Right. So, you've lost all your leverage in the negotiation. You can't do that.
0: Do you like how the Packers have played this? Because the Bob McGinn report came out a couple of weeks ago. That's something that we've referenced constantly on this podcast. Why did Green Bay let it get out that they want a divorce? Because to me, that almost gives like the teams gives them the upper hand, like you said, of the leverage of, hey, we know you don't want to bring him back. It almost feels like the Packers should have played this how Seattle played it last year with Russell Wilson to where Pete Carroll at the combine was saying, hey, we're not looking to trade Russell Wilson. Then boom, they trade him this week. So it's like it, it feels like they could have played yeah. this a little bit differently to get more out of this trade here.
1: But, the, but Aaron's so good at, at, at telling his side. So, like, how could they – they couldn't control the narrative, right? They really can't control the narrative of what's going on here. And I think at some point, everybody knew they were frustrated. Everybody knew in the league that they've had enough. I mean, you talk to former players that have played there. Everybody's kind of like, we, we've had enough. Like, we need to move on. And they got the love, your boy love, pending in, <laughs> you know, in the next year. You got so many guys you love. It's ridiculous. You're going to need a big closet <laughs> for all these jerseys. <laughs> That's but, all you you know, need, that, that 20 – yeah, that's all you need is a little <laughs> bit of love, right? So that $20 million sitting out there, and I think they have to get to that. And so I, I don't know if they could have played it differently, specifically considering that you know the Jets are so desperate. I mean, I would not say, as Springsteen said, I can't tell my courage from my desperation. I wouldn't say the Jets are being courageous here. I think they're being desperate, and I think the guy's a great player. Don't get me wrong. But I think for the Jets, it's going to be hard. How do we manage our team When we have this enormous debt that we're going to pay this quarterback, what's our debt going to look like? How's it all going to affect ourselves?
0: Speaking of that desperation, I mean, you had Jets players tweeting at Aaron Rodgers. Sauce Gardner was tweeting, hey, I'll promise not to pick you off in practice, Aaron Rodgers, if you join the team. Brees Hall, their stud rookie running back, he tweeted at Aaron Rodgers saying, I'm manifesting at Aaron Rodgers I I don't know what's I I get the recruiting pitch but like you mentioned it's reeks of desperation here like you want to show interest but you don't want to tell the Green Bay Packers hey like this is our only plan this is our only option it's Rodgers or nothing like what is it like on on the road trip it says you eat or you don't eat at all like that's what feels like where the Jets are coming with this thing with Aaron (coughs) Rodgers and I don't know if that's kind of how you want to go about it
1: I think what the Jets are doing is, is they're saying, look, we're in a market for our quarterback. We're not lying. Right. And so and if they can't get Rodgers, they'll go to Garoppolo or they'll go to somebody else. Now, they got Nathaniel Hackett in a building who helps them with Rodgers. He kind of has a relationship so he can have communications with them. So, look, I, I think at the end of the day, the Packers still control it in the sense that they could just say to Rodgers, either, you know, you either you retire or you play here. I mean, they still have that. Right. And we'll mm-hmm. pay you the money. I, I, I get the sense that the Jets, you know, because they want to go all in on it, it's the perfect, it, it makes the most sense. I don't think Carolina's in this. I don't think the Raiders are in this, really, because I think, A, I think it's hard for teams to build your team around them, right, With when you're giving all this money and cap debt to that.
0: So do you see the Packers end up eating some of the contract with Rogers or is it going to be completely on the jet side of things? Cause I think that's what everyone's interested in, in terms of this contract and how it gets worked out. Does green Bay have to take on some of that money or do they give it all to New York and let New York kind of restructure something with Rogers?
1: Uh, of course, Bella's got to make an appearance here on the podcast. Why wouldn't she? Uh, let's hey see. Bella. Uh, yeah, of course, you know, but Bella travels too with a, with a toothbrush. Uh, the, I think to me, like Matthew Stafford, the Rams are willing to pay some of that. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, mm-hmm. When you look at uh, Allen Robinson, they're willing to pay some of his contracts. So I think some of that is negotiable. I wouldn't say it's, you know, I don't think it's the, I think it's part of the negotiation that the Packers would mm-hmm. do that. Uh, the Packers have their cap issues too. I mean, they got to figure out how they're going to manage this when it goes off their cap in that situation. But I think that's all negotiable. I could see some of it, but if I were, Gutikus, I would say, look, if you want the player, you take the contract. I mean, you know, you, rego- you negotiate the contract with Dunn. You guys figure out the cash. We'll give you the player. Like at some point, you know, that's kind of be. But you also see it from this standpoint: if I pay a little bit of money, I get a first round pick, or I get a second round pick. Like if I said to them, look, we'll pay 10 million, but it's got to be the first, or we'll pay 10 million. We're not, you know, it, it's all predicated. Everything's a separate negotiation within it, and you've got to handle that.
0: Final thing on this before we transition to our next topic here. Rodgers is either going to play for the Jets or the Packers next year, right? It, it, there's nobody else that you see jumping into this thing.
1: I don't see anybody with the sense of urgency that the Jets have had. Okay. Whether you call it courage or desperation, I don't see that. I haven't heard that. And I think that he, he does want to play. Now, I think a lot of it's going to come down to how much the Jets want to play, pay money-wise. And Dunn is smart enough to know how to make this happen.
0: Well, we've already started to see the odds move on the New York Jets with all the reports that have been out for a couple of weeks now. I mean, I believe they're down to about 16 to one at some places to win the Super Bowl. Everyone's anticipating that Rodgers will be with the New York Jets at some point in in the coming days here. Another quarterback who's on the move, a former MVP, Lamar Jackson. I'm really, really fascinated to get your take on this one because this has been the conversation since Tuesday's franchise tag deadline. Baltimore Ravens placed a non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson like we talked about on the Monday podcast, just over $32 million for 2023. But what's going on here with this thing, Michael? Because shortly after the Ravens placed that tag, We see a number of teams, five of them to be exact. I believe it was the Atlanta Falcons, the Miami Dolphins, Carolina Panthers, Washington Commanders, and Las Vegas Raiders not come out with official statements, but through beat writers and reporters say that they're not going to pursue Lamar. What's really going on?
1: Well, I I think what's going on is, is like, I don't, you know, it's lion season, Femi. People lie. Like, how can you look at Atlanta with a straight face and say they're not interested in Lamar when they were on the meeting to fly with Deshaun Watson. How can you say Carolina's not interested when they were on the airplane to see Deshaun Watson? Like, seriously, how, I mean, those two teams mm-hmm. were, they, they were, recruit, Atlanta was the favorite to get Deshaun. Yeah. The, Lamar's better than Deshaun, and it's cheaper. It's cheaper. It may not be cheaper financially, but it's cheaper in terms of draft compensation. Mm-hmm. And just for the record, I mean, you know, I think part of this is for lowering the draft compensation. I think there's two factors going in play here. A, how do you deal with the mother and the player on a contract negotiation? Like you need an agent when you're in this kind of arena. It's hard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's hard to do this. Like we would love to talk to the player. And then you got to negotiate with the team. Like the Ravens could say to you, look, it'll take less than two ones. Okay, well, if we're in, we're not interested at two ones, we'd be interested at just one one. How much do you want to get rid of the player? I mean, I think that this is all engaged in conversation that usually you need a agent to kind of mediate this thing all together. And with Lamar not having an agent, I think it becomes really a challenging deal to get done. And how do you do that? Like, how do you get this done unless you fly to Florida and spend time with the mother and kind of walk her through all the scenarios that have to happen? I think this is really I think Lamar's making a mistake. He needs representation. To, to facilitate this, this is part of the, this is what agents get paid to do is it's what Dave Dunn's going to end up doing for Aaron Rodgers. He's going to facilitate this deal. So everybody's happy, you know, and I think this makes it very challenging for Lamar because like, like, let's take the Raiders, for example, like he t- typically, they would have to change their offense and can they afford to pay the outlet? <clears throat> the other issue here is who wants to pay the t- over 200 million of guaranteed dollars. You know who wants to do that? Who wants to duplicate the Browns deal? I don't think the Panthers would have ever done that deal. The Falcons would have never done that deal. That's how the Browns got in the deal. Remember, the Browns got eliminated from Watson. Yeah. How they got back into Watson was simply this. We'll do the we'll do this deal. That's how they got back into Watson. It wasn't because he liked the Brown jerseys or the orange helmets. They got back in cuz the cash they were going to do the, they were going to do this deal. So to me, I think a lot of this is the contract too, and how do you ma- massage that around? I think the Ravens are just sitting there, you know, and they'll they'll say, okay, if you want to play football, it's thirty two million next year, and that's what it's going to be. And we got we've managed our cap around that. It's challenging, but we've
0: done it. So the talk over the last forty eight hours has been about collusion. That's the word that has been used. And whether it's a spoken or unspoken agreement, there feels like there's some sort of an agreement amongst the owners of we cannot let another player get a fully guaranteed contract. Do you think that's kind of what's going on here just a little bit? Whether it's stated out in the open, like I doubt they would ever just say it and text each other on a text chain because you can always track that. But it feels like there's something unspoken here that, hey, Deshaun got away with this last year. We can't let this become the precedent going forward once you get two guys on a fully guaranteed deal?
1: Because the the rules don't favor it. I mean, if you're, if the the Raiders have money, right, but who has the kind of cash to send to an escrow account and let it sit there the way that unless they change the funding rules, the guaranteed contracts are always going to be hard to get in the NFL because the owners have to fund the deal. And that's not really a smart business maneuver. The funding law was put into effect in the 60s or the 50s so that these franchises, which weren't valuable, and these owners, which weren't billionaires, and they didn't have yachts, you know, were make sure they didn't cheat the players out of the money. And they've kept this rule intact. And I don't think it needs to be collusion. I just think they like the rule. I think they like it. And I think they, the other thing is, because we have a, a hard cap, That when you guarantee this deal, you're stuck with it. You can't get out of it. You can't. And so it limits your flexibility with your team. You know, like if there's ever a player to have a fully buttoned up contract, it's Mahomes and he doesn't have one. Mm -hmm. Like when they gave this to Watson, they changed the tenor of the league. They really did. And I, I don't think they did it. They did. They did it to get back in, to get their quarterback, to get their desperation. I mean, this is how the Browns operate. I mean, they just, they do things as if they, this is what they want to do. I mean, look, they, they, they hired a special teams coach, Bubba Ventrone. And I, I'm told reliably that Kevin's, Kevin Stefanski didn't even know they hired him. He was going to keep, he was going to keep pre for the whole time. So there's things that go on inside the Browns building that, that even the coach doesn't even know. Like Prefer thought he was coming back. At the end of the year Prefer says I'm he was told he was coming back. This is verified. And then and then when he didn't come back and then and then they went out and hired Bubba Ventrone and they said Bubba could bring players with them to come there. I mean Bubba's talking to people at the combine telling them, "Yeah, I can bring certain players with me here. I can help my special teams." But that wasn't a Stefanski wasn't involved with in that. So like Who's involved? Who was involved with the Watson deal? Was it Andrew Barry? Was it Podesta? I don't know. You know, so there's a lot of things. And so they've operated as kind of like a one of their own companies. And I think that that's changed the rules. And I don't think the owners want to get involved with that. I think they like the way the rules are set up. And I don't think it's collusion. I just think they like the rules.
0: I mean, was it just Jimmy Haslam that that was that was pulling the string? The,
1: I think it's. I, I I think they just you know this is what we're gonna do. You know, this is this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna sign. You know, we want a better special teams coach. You don't want to change the coach? Okay, I'm gonna change the coach. If you don't want to be the coach here, like to me, if Savansky doesn't win next year, you know he's gone. I mean, they've already changed in his coaching staff. So, like, and you know, Jim Schwartz is the new defense coordinator. Jim Schwartz and Paul DiBodesto, Have you read the book? Moneyball, Jim and Paul were really good friends. So I'm not saying Kevin didn't have an involvement with Jim. I'm sure he probably did because I don't know that. But I do know that Prefer wasn't – that wasn't an involvement on the special team. So this Browns is kind of like a rogue – they got rogue elements within their own building. So when they give that contract out to Watson and they destroy the framework of the league – I don't think the league was happy with it. I said it at the time and I don't think it was, it was what these other team and Bashotti was one of the yeah. first vocal components of it. I mean, he was mm-hmm. complaining about it and you know, look, I, I, I don't think Joe Burrow will get a buttoned up deal, but Joe Burrow is going to get a good deal.
0: Yeah. And the point that you brought up about Steve Bashati is a really good one because last year they were sitting in the situation of trying to work on a deal with Lamar Jackson. And then all of a sudden this Watson thing happens where he gets a fully guaranteed deal. And that, throws a wrinkle into the Ravens' negotiations because then Lamar Jackson sees that and says, hey, I have a better resume than Deshaun Watson. I've won an MVP. Of course he does. I, 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 why why can't I get does. that contract? Because So uh, you understand right. where Lamar's coming from with this given that he sees one guy who doesn't have the skins on the wall that he has get all that money. So he's going to say, hey, I deserve that money as well. And that's the crux of this whole negotiation. Now, on the other side of it with Lamar, because he is a restricted free agent on the tag, he can't legally talk to teams until the new league year on Wednesday. Do you believe that talks will start to ramp up and we'll start to hear some of these quote-unquote teams that were ruled out start to really get involved in, in the Jackson sweepstakes?
1: I mean, that's the hard part, right? How, how, do, you, do you call mom directly? Do you call the text a player? Like, we're interested. Like, how do you do that? Like, I don't even know how to do that. Like I, I would think if you're interested, you're going to want to have a face-to-face with Lamar and the mother and say, look, here, here, because this isn't about we're going to give you a contract. This is about changing the franchise fortunes. This is about redirecting your franchise. This is about now you're going all in. You're saying, okay, for the next four years, we're going all in and we, get, hey, we got to know the kid. We're changing the, because you got to change the offense, right? You yep. got to change what you're doing. And you've got to have the owners got to be on board, the coach, the, everybody. So this is really a, this is a this is a full full re- redo, and everybody's got to be involved. And I think to me, you, you got to have a face to face. This isn't oh by the way we want to sign your guy. Let's start doing a deal. That's so that that's not going to happen. That's going to take a little bit more than that.
0: I mean, I feel like if you're one of these teams, I would imagine it's not hard to find Lamar Jackson's contact info. You can just yeah well give him right. give him a, give him a call.
1: When you get the agent, you, you know, every player on the free agency, they send out the list and who represents the player with the phone number. So you can call Mama. But the problem is when you call Mama, like, how do you you got to You, you got you to gotta talk to the Ravens. You got to do with all that. I mean, you're going to call the Costa on the phone and say, hey, look, how interested are you guys in doing this? You know, you're not just going to present an offer sheet. You know, there's going to be a, there's a lot of legwork that has to get done. This isn't one of those where we're just going to stick stick an offer sheet in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of a different thing.
0: If you were the Atlanta Falcons or the Carolina Panthers sitting in a division where we talked about on Monday, nobody is a world beater. Would you do the deal or at least try to do a deal to sign Lamar to an offer sheet that's fully guaranteed?
1: No, I I wouldn't want to get in the fully guaranteed business, but I would, I would try to, if I were Carolina, I would definitely do it. I think my defense is good. I, I play, even though we play outdoors, it's a fast track. Uh, you know, I think we got a good enough team defensively around them. If I was interested in Watson, why wouldn't I be interested in, 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 in Lamar? Yeah. I mean, it makes no sense, right? Like, how do you say that? I mean, Lamar's better than Watson in every area, you know, as a runner. Now he's been hurt the last two years. I get that. So you're concerned about durability, but the same with Atlanta. I, I think he's perfect for Arthur, oh Arthur gosh, Smith's yeah. offense. I mean, he's perfect for it. I mean, they did it with Mariota last year. So, and you were in the Watson thing last year and you play in a dome and you, you know, you're guaranteed on carpet for nine games, at least every year. And then you got the Saints is 10 and you got a Carolina and Atlanta and Tampa. That's 11 that you're playing in perfect conditions most of the time. So like, why wouldn't they be interested? And then I I would call the Costa on the phone and say, look, we're not going to pay two number ones. We would pay, you know, we're going to sign up an offer sheet. If you want to match what we're going to do, that's great. But you know, we'll give you a one and a four, and then see what he says. See if they blink. See if they yeah. blink. There's no rule that says you know they have to. You have to give two number ones. That's if if you do it blindly, you have to give two number ones. But if you don't do it blindly, like say Miami signs them. Miami goes and calls De Costa on the phone, says we'll give you our one and twenty-four. We'll give you our one and twenty-five. That's the deal, okay? Then then that that trade then it's not an offer sheet. He signs his tender. And then, then the trade happens. You follow me?
0: Yeah. So it's almost like, so it- there's
1: the, it's, it's a, that's the ground. That's the, that's the ground well for a deal. And so there's no saying, there's no rule that says, unless he gets traded for two number ones, he can't go. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not the deal. So you have some negotiation, you have some plyway here. And so to me, but again, you need an agent who's joined with you at the hip to kind of say, okay, look, we want your player. Here's what we want to do. Let's do a deal. So we're going to do an offer sheet that we know they won't match, and so that we can present it to them, or let let me negotiate with the Costa first and come up with a deal, and then you and I can work out a deal. You follow me? Yep. So it almost so that's but there's a lot of things in play here, and when you don't have an agent in it, it's very challenging.
0: So it almost feels like, and sorry, I was cutting you off there a little bit. That if you work with the Ravens in this deal first, you can at least. Negotiate and work around the compensation for if you were to just sign him to the offer sheet. That's pretty much what you're saying here. It's like, hey, work with Decosta yeah. and the Ravens and say, hey, you guys get him to the tender. We'll trade a one, a three, and a four and a five or whatever, and then we'll go ahead and then take him on and then sign him to the big extension. Versus, let's just blindly do the offer sheet without you guys knowing. And then if you guys refuse to match, now we have to give up the two first round picks.
1: Right. Because you, you, you basically you need to take the temperature of the Ravens. How the you know, is going to come out and say, well, we're we'll fully expect them to play. You know, they're not going to get a deal done. Right. Man. Then he's going to say, well, we fully expect them to play on the tender. <clears throat> well, we're going to I'm going to find out how much you fully expect that. Like, here's the best deal I can offer you. And then he's going to say, well, I have other teams. So all these teams that declare they're not interested, that that's a smart play to declare you're not interested to get back in. So you let the other teams know you, nobody's involved. Right. So the is going to come out and say, well, the teams are saying they're not involved, but they really are <laughs> that, that, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's, that happens all the time. I mean, when I, when we signed Andre Rison in Cleveland, which was a mistake, but we did it anyway, you know, the chiefs come out and say we weren't interested. I was in the office when Carl Peters negotiating with the <laughs> chief with, with Rison's, I mean, I was in the office as Peterson's negotiating. And a half hour later, he's, you know, he comes out and says, well, we were never interested. I mean, I heard the conversation. I was right there. Dr. Tucker and I were sitting in his office, you know, and, and, and so, like, that's what teams do. You know this, right? You know that's how they do it. So I think, to me, you got to weigh that into effect. You know, you got you got to be part of being a general manager is a little bit like playing poker. you got to see through it. Like, let's take an example here. Okay, Ryan Poles comes out, and he takes the PR announcement in Peter King's column and says, he's got two number ones, he's got three number ones on the table, and yada, yada, yada. He basically takes a whole profile. If he had that deal, he would have done the deal right? He would have done the deal. Now I understand he's calling around and he's trying to make it seem like he can move one level down, then move another level down. Like he thinks he wants to layer himself down, but who's moving up to who's moving up. Is Houston going to move up? I don't think Houston's ready to move up. Is Carolina ready to move up? Maybe, but Carolina may not want to move up right now, but clearly nobody has the two number one, three number ones on the table or else he would have taken that deal. So part of the strategy is you got to play poker here a little bit. Like you got to, you got to call bluffs, you know? And then, and then, you know, the guy, a guy that's telling you, he has a great hand. He doesn't have a great hand. Like he's, he's, have you ever seen the movie rounders? Mm -hmm. Okay. He's licking the cookie when he tells you (laughs) that to me, what, what that article in Peter King was, he was looking, he was licking the Oreo. (laughs) He doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. Okay, you know, <laughs> did you see the video the other day? I thought it was so good, where Jerry Seinfeld is uh, the, talking the, the, the about... The Trey
0: Lance one? <laughs> yeah. The Trey
1: Lance one. I, I mean, and it, you know, and then they 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 put Lynch into it. It was brilliant, right? Yeah. If, so if, if he's touching to me, his face... He, 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 and the higher up, he's lying more. Well, <laughs> that's what you're doing as a GM. You're like, okay, who's after this player? What's my, you know, what is my, what? who am I competing against? to move forward. I, I think to me, that's, that's the case. And so... I think you have to look at that and and, and really gauge it. And so in this case, the costas, when he put that non-exclusive on him, he basically said, call me. That's what he did. He took an advertisement out and said, call me, please call. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to have him play for him next year at 32 million, but that's that's probably worst case
0: scenario. I didn't know we we're gonna have Ryan Pauls as Teddy KGB on this episode.
1: Well, he's trying to be Teddy. <laughs> yeah. Pay the man his money. Yeah. Pay him his money. Yeah. Just splash, go, splash blah, in the pot. Check, 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 check.
0: <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're splashing the pot here on <laughs> the GM watch. Shuffle. Uh, but, but to put a full bow on this thing,
1: you probably are one of those people that do uh, uh, with his chips like that. Yeah. Just you know, there's spl- a great there's a great video on YouTube where where Matt Damon talks about Malkovich when he comes in to film that scene. Mm-hmm. And basically and and Damon basically imitates Malkovich in like the most incredible way. You know, and so it's just it was just like that that was just, that scene was just so perfect.
0: It's a hell of a scene. It's a hell of a movie. It's one of
1: my favorites. It's Hell of a movie. One of my favorites too. I got to yeah. get the poster for that movie come to think of it.
0: Yeah, no, it's good stuff there. Uh, to put a ball on this whole thing though, we talked about Aaron Rodgers probably going to the New York Jets. If you're one of these teams like Carolina or in Atlanta, I feel like that ratchets up the urgency to try to get something done with Lamar Jackson because you have the chance now to have the best quarterback in the NFC with Rodgers leaving cuz right now if Rodgers leaves, the best quarterback in the NFC is probably Jalen Hurts. I think we can agree on that. Uh, if if you yeah, br- if, no, you, if you bring in, right. if you bring in Lamar, you know, you and it's not, it's more than just quarterback, but you at least put yourself in a decent position to contend if you have Lamar Jackson, especially in a division that has a lot of uncertainty. So uh, I, that's, I think that's why, these why it teams doesn't make it any done. sense for these teams.
1: That's yeah. why it makes no sense for these teams. To say we're not, to interested, be out. you yeah. know, and of course, naturally the worldwide leader reports it because that's what they want to do. That's what they want them to do. Oh, Arthur Smith says, we're not interested. Okay, great. You got, I mean, really Arthur. I mean, if I were a Falcon fan. And I read that my head coach isn't interested in Lamar. I would be like, are you sure you're smart enough to be the head coach here? (laughs) Now, you know, like we're going to – the answer really is that we're interested in Lamar. The answer is we're going to explore every option. And Desmond Ryder hasn't shown enough to say, Mm. oh, we're all in on Desi. You know, like, we're not all in on that. Like, like the answer isn't that we're going after Lamar. The answer is we're going to explore all options. That, to me, is what, what you give your fan base is so that you at least believe it. I mean, Tepper has, has owned the Panthers. All he's cared about is trying to find a franchise quarterback. Exactly. And now you're telling me he's not interested in, in Lamar? I mean, maybe Frank Wright doesn't want Lamar, doesn't want to run that offense. I get that. But, they're you know, they're interested in every quarterback. Look, last year they drafted Matt Corral. OK, mm-hmm. they drafted Matt Corral supposed to save their franchise could be that they're trying to trade Matt Corral now. You can have Matt Corral for a ham sandwich. Last year, Matt wow. Corral was in everybody's mock first draft. You could have him for a ham sandwich. fam. you could have him tomorrow. <laughs> you can go right down to Esther's kitchen and buy bread and you can get Matt Corral, Matt Corral. <laughs> I mean, like that. They're going to get rid of every that. But this happens all the time. All the plant players, the Panthers brought in, probably with the exception of J.C. Horn, that rule brought in, they're going to get rid of. Mm. That's what happens when new staff, which is to me completely wrong. Yeah. But Corral probably isn't mature enough to handle all the things. He was on IR all last year. They just said, "Okay, we're going to move on." But they don't have a quarterback. I mean, they're not re-signing Sam Darnold. They're not interested in doing that. Who are they going to get?
0: And there was reports. So they, they, like, yeah,
1: they, they don't want to tell anybody what they're doing because they want to be. They, they don't want anybody to know what they're doing.
0: Next week, this thing might start to heat up with Lamar Jackson and the sweepstakes with these teams. But as of now, lying season is underway, and the the message is that they're not going to pursue him. But we're calling bluff. We're, We're calling BS on that, on the GM Shuffle. Michael, let's take a break, though. We'll get to the other quarterbacks that signed some deals here in the National Football League. This is the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi. Gambling problem, call one 800 gambler or in West Virginia. Visit www1800 gamblernet In New York, call 8778-Hope and or text Hope NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance DKNG.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources all right a lot's gonna happen over the next week or so but a lot already has happened michael on tuesday with the franchise tag deadline a couple of tag candidates at quarterback signed long-term extensions and we'll start in the big apple where daniel jones mr danny dimes now danny dollars signed a four-year 160 million dollar contract with the new york giants just right at the buzzer now the details of this contract it's 35 million more in incentives 82 million dollars over the first two years 94 million dollars virtually guaranteed at signing and his first year cap number is around 19 million dollars here is this a solid deal for big blue
1: I mean, it's really expensive deal for me, you know. Like, and that that still, it's got thirty-five. I don't know what the incentives are, you know. It, it averages on on the base. It averages that number that the agent wanted, which mm-hmm. was forty. He wanted to get to that forty number, right? And so he's got a nine million dollar base salary, nine and a half million this year. He got a thirty-six million dollar uh, sign signing bonus. So basically, he got forty-five million dollars initially upon the guaranteed contract, right? Yep. And so. And then next year, you know, he's got $35.5 million, which puts his, you know, now that money is guaranteed, right? And so, so when you add those two together, you, when you start adding the paragraph fives together, and then they have a chance to get out of the deal after two, you know, they'll have a chance to get. So it's really a two-year deal to me that looks at the two-year deal that is a fairly economical deal for them that they can get out of after two. And so now I don't know what those incentives are, but at least it gives them a chance. You know, when they say fully guaranteed at $82 million, I don't think there's any money, you know, there's no money valued in the 24 year, the 25 year or the 26 year that's guaranteed. So it's a two-year deal at $82 million fully guaranteed. That includes paragraph five and all that stuff. So, you know, it's over $40 million plus those incentives. And if he kicks in those incentives, it's going to be challenging, but at least, you know, that if he doesn't plan out, you can get out of it after two.
0: You know, the thing that is interesting to me with Daniel Jones and this contract is that I figured that because the Giants and Brian Dable as the head coach, Mike Kafka as the offensive of coordinator, because they were able to get this year out of Jones I felt that they could get this year out of a lot of different quarterbacks now maybe it's not that simple because the human elements play into it and Daniel Jones by all indications is really well respected in that Giants locker room so maybe if they moved on from him that could shake some things up there but I just felt like the production that he had which was pedestrian let's put it that way like like in terms of the passing numbers I want to give him credit on the rushing stuff because he's a really good athlete and has a dynamic on the ground game but it just feels like they could have gotten this production out of somebody else at a much cheaper price.
1: I agree, but I think they're all in. They drafted him. It's kind of a, they pat themselves on the back for saying, see, we were right about this guy. You know, again, it comes back to did they win because of him or did they win because of what they did? I mean, that's that fine line. You know, who's driving the production? Was it him or was it the scheme? That's what you have to figure out. Mm-hmm. And he certainly played better than he's ever played. Yeah. And you know, and they got a deal done with them, which is what they wanted to do. I would have frankly let him test the market and see what he is, because I don't. Who was going to pay this deal? Who's paying this deal? Because if you pay this deal, you're going to run what the what the Giants ran offensively is what you need to run. You need to keep him from throwing the ball down the field. You need to protect him. You know, the guy averaged under seven yards per attempt this year. You can't beat anybody doing that. You say we didn't have any receivers. Okay. We'll see how that works out next year if they get some receivers. But look, the Giants were committed to this all the way, just like they're committed to Barkley, just like they're committed to Julian Love. They're going to sign Dexter. They like to sign from within. That's They want to give the money, the money to the players that they drafted. And that's a good thing to do because you're rewarding the guys who gave you the most blood, sweat, and tears, unlike what they did with Galladay. But I think to me, you still have to be careful about overpaying your own players. Look, I've said this many times. You can't overpay for good. They just mm-hmm. overpaid for good.
0: And being able to self evaluate is what prevents you from overpaying for good and uh, at least paying good players great money, which is what you don't want to do in the NFL. And because they were able to get the deal done with Daniel Jones, that allowed them to use the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. But Jordan Renan has tweeted out he said that he wouldn't be surprised to see a long term deal for Saquon Barkley following this week, maybe before free agency starts officially on Wednesday. Is that what you're hearing? That they might also get a long-term deal done for Saquon at that maybe $10 million wow. price of the tag? Oh, I think it'll be more than that. I think they, they want to get <laughs> Barkley done. I mean, they, like I just said, they love their own players. They
1: love them. They're going to sign them. And, and look, the agents know that they're going to overpay for their guys. It's a good thing to have. They know they want to keep their players, so they're going to overpay. And, you know, and we'll see how it goes. And look, Barkley, I thought, was much better last year. you got to worry about his durability, but to me, he's a weapon. He's improved his pass protection to allow him to be on the field, and he helps their offense. And if you're going to go with Daniel Jones, you're going to need some weapons. All this nonsense about you can't you can't pay a running back. You can pay a weapon, but you can't pay just a guy who runs the ball. So, look, this whole market is, is the, the, the a lot of these teams that are trying to trade players. Matthew Stafford, you know, I'll give you another guy. Teams are, you know, I mean, if you called Minnesota up, Kirk Cousins has one more year left on his deal. If you want Kirk Cousins, you could—they'll—they'll they'll give him to you, depending on what mm. you—they'll they'll trade him. Now, who they're going to get for him, what you're going to get, but they—they would be more than willing to listen to that. I'm, I'm not saying they're actively trading him, but you could get him. Like, there's very few quarterbacks in this market that you can't get, because these contracts haven't matched the level. Now, I'm sure Jerry wouldn't trade Dak. But I'm sure you could get quarterbacks that that have these like. Cousins has a 10 million paragraph five, and he's got a 20 million roster bonus. So he's 30 million in terms of guaranteed money. That's fairly. That's a good number for him if you took him on. And so, mm-hmm. say you're the 49ers, and you take him on, at, and knowing he's going to get 30 million, and you sign him to a contract that basically you give up a, a mid-level pick or whatever you give up for him, and now he's your quarterback. And you 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 redo the deal. So it's a multiple of options here and you can end up having his cap number be at eight million. And you go on from there. I'm not saying they're going to do this. I'm just saying that that there's availability. And and I think that's ultimately you say, well, who would play quarterback for the Vikings? Well, I think the Vikings would like to get out from underneath all this money that they've been given cousins. He voids he he becomes a free agent in 24 anyway. You want to keep paying him? He's 35 years old. Do you want to keep paying him? It's the Matthew no. Stafford conversation, you know, like, like, like you could like there's do you want to pay 40, 57 million? So he's guaranteed he's on the team. I saw Larry Brown sports reported that people don't think he's healthy. We've been saying that on the pod all of last year. He wasn't healthy. Yeah. Like he hasn't been healthy. Like his elbows, he's he's got deeper issues medically than people realize. And the Rams know this. They, they're having a hard time getting people to engage into it. Like they know they got to get out from earth. That's why all this conversation about, well, who's available, who's not available. Well, a lot of guys are available, you know, like the Eagles will, you know, if you want Darius Slay from the Eagles, call Drew Rosenhaus. He's free to make a deal with you. You can get him if you want him. Like just call the agent on the phone. Like these, these players are available because of their high cap numbers and they're entering into their last year of the deal. Now the clubs will come out and say, oh, no, 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 we're not trying to trade the guy. Of course you're not trying to trade the guy. Of course you are, but of course you're not. Like, you know. <laughs>
0: It's, it's like you said you know, in, the, in the first segment. It's a game of poker. Every, everyone's
1: it's all poker. Yeah. It's all poker. You want Darius Slay? You know, okay, go get him. Go call Drew Rosenhouse. He represents him. He's got permission to, to get a deal, even though they'll deny that they've given him that. You know, like who cares? Like that's the thing. You, one of the th- good teams, like Philadelphia, they, they don't fall in love with their guys. Mm-hmm. The fans do, but the, the teams can't. You can't afford to fall in love with your players. The Giants, that's one of their biggest sins is they fall in love.
0: Now that would put Philadelphia in a precarious situation. I feel like, because I doubt they're going to want to bring back James Bradbury based on the money that he said that he's looking for. If they traded Darius the way Slay played, as well. He,
1: he's not a man corner. Well, Slay's, I mean, like, like, look, there's a, you know, it's like, Oh my God, if you get rid of this player, what are we going to do? Well, the problem is, you know, the player that you have behind him might be just as good, you know, like, like, can't somebody do what they, they, they played a lot of zone. They weren't mm. like, he's not a, he's no longer a shutdown corner. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. You know, but I mean, to me, is it the value? It all comes back to, is he worth what we're paying him? Is he worth what we're paying him?
0: Mm. And Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who was really good in the slot, played some safety for them as well. He's going to be testing the market in free agency. And I'm sure so. they
1: would rather take Slay's money and give it to Chauncey Gardner. They get us, you know, okay. and then they'll go draft again. They got two number one picks.
0: Maybe they trade for like, Ramsey.
1: You, you, you. Maybe they trade for Ramsey. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to pay. You don't have to keep pay. You, you. Every player on your team, you have to say to yourself: If I replace this player with Y and use his money, there, if especially if it's not guaranteed, if I take Kirk Cousins and trade him, and I get and I signed, let's say they signed Baker Mayfield for half the cost, right? Yeah. Have I? Have I? You know, maybe. Maybe Kevin O'Connell thinks I can win with, or I sign Cooper Rush at half the cost. So I get the same thing out of Cooper Rush, right? I mean, you could have Adam Thielen. Like, you could have Adam Thielen tomorrow. He, they, they're trying to redo his his numbers. Ridiculous. He's not, he's going to be a free agent. No. So, like all, But we don't talk about all this because it's not out there, but it's behind. That's what I'm saying. When I wrote that column this week for Vison it's all behind the scenes. All this stuff's
0: going on behind the scenes. I got to follow up with you on that because you made it seem as if you could place Cooper Rush in the Minnesota offense and get the same production as you got out of Kirk Cousins there. D- do you see those guys on a similar tier? Because I'm sure there's a lot of football fans, Vikings fans included, that are saying, what the hell is he talking about if he thinks <laughs> that Cooper Rush is on the same level of Kirk Cousins?
1: Well, I don't think he's on the same level, but I'm, what I'm saying is, is, is the price gap between gotcha. it. Could allow you to then build up more cap room to help build your team because gotcha. Cousins has eaten all the rigatoni, quote Tony <laughs> Soprano. He's eaten all the rigatoni. You got nothing left to build your team. It's the same thing. I mean, you know, like you got Adam Thielen, he's a ridiculous, what is he on their cap? He's he's due to make eleven point eight million, plus he's got, you know, a pro pre-game rosters at a million and a half that add up to a million and a half, plus he's got workouts. So he's 19 million on their cap. Are they gonna pay that? I, and he I'd voids in twenty-five. Of course not so will will he take a pay cut maybe maybe not so all these guys are available what i'm saying is as a gm you're looking at what strategically could i do to get rid of this cap number especially if i know the guy's going to be a free agent at the end
0: of the year anybody else of interest who might be available that uh folks don't know on the surface
1: i think everybody's available i think that's the thing i think you know i think there's so many guys you could have You know, all you got to do is make the phone call. I don't think anybody, especially when these high cap numbers come into play, you know, and then the fans are oh my God, you know, Eagle fans will go berserk. Oh, they can't trade Slay. Of course they could trade Slay. They'll get another, they got two number ones. They have to, that's how you rebuild your team, especially when you have to go pay the quarterback, you got to get rid of the high cap dollars and you have all these draft picks. I mean, they're strategically placed, you know, now will Slay take a pay cut. I don't know. Why would he? Depends on what Rosenhaus comes back with once he's talked to all these teams. See, that's called water seeking your level. When you let an agent go out there and shop himself and say, okay, you know, you can let him trade it, then you find out what his real market is.
0: Hmm. And that's what's going on right now before the legal tampering period begins on Monday. It's, of
1: course, it's, that's what's yeah. good. that's what's going on with a bunch of guys. It's a bunch of guys you could have. You know, you, there's a bunch of, you know, go through all the high cap number guys And knowing that, you know, the teams are trying to get rid of them so that that's those are the guys, you know, that that's what's happening behind the scenes. We just get we just get trickled into what what people want to report. See, every report is there's a reason behind the report. Right? Mm-hmm. There's always a reason behind the report. I, I'm trying to give you what's being done behind the scenes so that people understand it. And of course they'll deny it. Oh, we're not trying to trade Matthew Stafford. Well, stop lying. Yes, you are. <laughs> I talked to four teams. Like, <laughs> like he's available. Does that mean you're gonna do it? No, of course not. But if you told me you weren't trying to trade him, I would think you're an idiot because you got fifty seven million you're gonna guarantee to the guy that you, you, you can't do it. Because here's why you say, Well, he's hurt. That that guarantees are for skill and injury. You
0: still got to pay it. There's a lot that's going to happen over this next week here. I want to bring back to that Kirk Cousins point that you brought up with the Niners, because I think a lot of people are going to take that and be like, oh my gosh, could the Niners be interested in Kirk Cousins, given the uncertainty at San Francisco's quarterback spot here? cousins has played for kyle shanahan he understands that scheme we know that kyle shanahan has been interested in the past that's one of the reasons why he didn't really dive deep into the 2017 quarterback class that just happened to have patrick mahomes in that class and deshaun watson because they thought that they were going to get kirk cousins is there a scenario you said that you don't think this is going to happen you're not saying that it's going to happen but i'm saying could it happen to where the niners say you know what let's trade for kirk cousins for one season and let him be this bridge guy for us here as we try to go and go for another Super Bowl in 2023?
1: All right, so I think, what, tomorrow, Bryce, uh, tomorrow, uh, Brock Purdy has his operation. So yep. let's just hypothetically say that he comes back and the report on his operation is it's going to take, uh, you know, eight months of rehab, and he will not be ready by the start of the season. And you're John Lynch, and you have Trey Lance. and So you're going to have to get somebody. Who are you going to get? You know, I mean, as much as he's scratching his head that Trey's making great progress, he hasn't played in three years. How much progress could he be making? Yeah. He's, you know, you don't even know where his health is, right? And can he even play? He had to sign Jimmy last year. So it would, you know, maybe you call up and say to Minnesota, what, you know, what is it going to take to get this guy? You know you got him for a year. You put him on the team, and all of a sudden you don't miss a beat. You And you got Brock you got Brock Purdy coming back after him. Depends on the cost. I mean, that's, that's called being a general manager figuring out how to maneuver all these pieces around. You're just not, you're not playing with the same deck of cards every single, you have to think constantly about how am I going to change my roster? Cause this is the time to do it. Cause if mm-hmm. you wait until the season, you don't have any time to do it. You know, everybody wants to change their roster in March and April. The teams that do great change their roster in September and October when there's no
0: competition. That's a great point there. Last quarterback who signed a big extension earlier this week was Geno Smith, the Seattle Seahawks. Three years, $105 million. He has a base value of $25 million per season, $40 million fully guaranteed at signing here. But the Seahawks might not be done in the quarterback department, at least from yeah. what you've been hearing.
1: No, I mean, I think they're, they're and they've told Gino that. They told Gino we're not done. I mean, it's smart. Why would they be done? If they love Richardson, I, I don't know if they do. If they love Bryce Young, I don't know if they do. And they have a chance to get Gino to play, to, to play two years at a really economic value. They got a good deal on Gino. They got a better deal on Gino than Daniel Jones. The, the Giants got on Daniel Jones and Gino play better than Daniel Jones. Just yeah. think about that. Come back player meter. That's the that's the difference between a team that that Seattle that said basically, look, we're willing to draft the guy if, you know, either take this deal or not. Like at some point you have to put deadlines on the agents or else they keep driving the price up. At some point you got to say, "Hey, either you take this deal today or it's gone." Mm. You know? You take this deal today or it's gone, you know, and, and they don't believe you when you say it. But you've got to say it. You have to do it. If not, you, you, you're just going to keep negotiating against yourself. And you got to. And again, you got to be able to say, OK, I can get this guy for that guy. I can get this guy for that guy, especially when you're dealing with changeable parts within your team. So they get Gino and they had success doing this. They signed all those players and then they ended up they ended up, uh, you know, they ended up drafting Russell Wilson. And yeah. he ends up being the best player of all of them. So okay, so now I got Gino. I'm John Schneider, and and I draft. Say I get Anthony Richardson, and he's better than even advertised, right? Mm-hmm. I could trade Gino's contract's easy for me to trade. Who wouldn't want Gino at that deal? Not only is it a good contract, he he played well. So who what team wouldn't want him?
0: Yeah, and you can recoup some draft picks for it. And be, go ahead exactly. and,
1: and build around. That's called yeah. general managing. That's called building your team. That's yeah. called. That's kind of what you're doing. What you can't do is just stay stuck in one spot. Like, okay, we're only going to sign our players. Like, mm. the, you know, when you look outside of it, it's called false duality, right? If somebody comes to you and says, we either have to sign Daniel Jones or Saquon, the really the Giants in, in a true management facility would have said, okay, what's the false, what's false duality? That's A or B. What's C, D, E, or F? What do we do if we don't do this? So let's go on a whiteboard and say, okay, here's if we don't sign Daniel Jones, here's what we could do, and if we don't sign Barkley, here's what we would do. Okay, and you've got cap room and you've got allocation, so you know kind of how you could build your team. So say you are the, say you're the uh, Seattle. Okay, we signed Geno Smith and we draft a quarterback. Here's what we look like. If we sign Geno Smith and we don't draft the quarterback, here's what we look like. If we don't sign Geno Smith and we draft the quarterback, here's what... So you're playing all these options. You're basically running models constantly of what your team could look like if we don't have them. And then when you sign player Y, knowing that you're going to get rid of player X because you just got player Y to come in. I just got, I got a better player at a cheaper number and I'm going to get rid of an expensive player. That's 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 what this off is all about. It's it's really playing that strategy. It's not I'm sitting tight just working on the draft. How do I improve my team? How do I get better? And how do I help my cap out? That's what Howie's trying to do. He's saying to he's saying to uh, the the Slay, look, it's a position. I got two number ones. It's a good corner draft. Excuse me, I'm gonna stee- oh,
0: bless you. <laughs> Excuse me. No, you're good. It's a good,
1: it's a, I, I can get a corner. I probably could replace the cost. You know, I get, I free up a ton of cap room. I got to give that money to some of these other guys. And I got to rebuild my team through the draft because I'm going to pay Hertz. So that's kind of how you have to approach it. If I, I got to have this guy, back. when I got to, got to have them, you end up in cap hill. Like those, the, those players, I got to, got to have, and, and you, and to me, I say this respectfully because I was one of those people that got to, got to have them. And as you get older in life, you realize, as Belichick has taught me and Bill Walsh and all those people, that there are replaceable parts. What you don't want to do is overpay for a replaceable part. You want to only overpay for non-replaceable parts. That's what you want to do. But you've you be, got to be willing to stretch your boundaries out. you got to be like Al never wanted to change. He never wanted to ch- exchange players because he liked his the guys that he had. Mm. That, that became old school.
0: I think mean, that's a, a fantastic lesson on general managing and the differences between the really good franchises and the franchises that kind of stay in a rut. Um, unfortunately, I think the team that I root for, they, they kind of just like to have their own. players
1: because well, they, 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 yeah. they, they, you well, know, like they want to be able to convince themselves that yeah. this is who they are. And, yeah. you know, and so you become a false fulfilling prophecy. I drafted them. I love them. Right. Yep. Well, you can't do that. And you got to be willing to say I made a mistake. Okay, I signed this player; he's not good enough. I got to get rid of him. I got to exchange him out. And you got to listen to the press and say, okay, this is horrible. It's like Belichick; he gets ripped for his drafts. Nobody—he's won six Super Bowls, but yet they're ripping him for his manual of the draft. Like, is the goal to win the draft cup, or is the goal to win the Super Bowl? Like, what is it? Like, tell me what it is, right?
0: We're <laughs> hanging banners for the draft, man.
1: <laughs> right? Like nobody does this exercise, okay? Like if you were to take the final four teams in the league and add up their draft capital capital over the last four years, that value and add up what the Patriots have had to do over the last five years, based on all their winning. So like if a first round pick at the, at the top of the first, the first pick in the draft is 6,000 points. The bottom pick is worth maybe 900 points. So if you were to add up the Patriots draft capital over how much value is in that compared to what these other teams have, you would see like the, 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 like I think that I did it the other day, the Bengals are 180% higher because they've been picking, San Francisco's had high picks. Mm-hmm. And when you don't like the Chiefs, they've been able to do, the Chiefs have been able to get away with it on the value of their picks simply because they've taken character risk in the draft. Just, yeah. just That's a fact. They've taken character risk in the draft, and they've gotten away with it. Good for them. right? Good for them. They have. But a lot of teams can't do that.
0: Last question, and this is going to be a question that could get aggregated, but I wanted to ask it to you because I texted you about it earlier this week. Tom Brady. All right, like we got to find something here to put this thing to bed, or maybe there's something that's brewing because it was last year's Selection Sunday, which is coming up this Sunday, when Brady came out of retirement to join or rejoin the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, Scott Zolak, Patriots analyst for NBC Sports Boston, he says that Brady may go to Miami. I think that's 100% in play is his quote. We've heard other people talk about this Miami thing. It was apparently a thing with Steven Ross. That's one of the reasons why the Dolphins don't have a first-round pick this year is because of the whole tampering thing with with Brady and also with Sean Payton. Can we put this to bed, or is there something legitimately there with Brady potentially going to the Dolphins or maybe even the Niners because Bay Area people keep keep tweeting about Brady and the Niners?
1: I don't know if the Niners could be in play. Look, I, I think Brady's retired, but I think Miami has to be appealing to him because that's where his kids go to school and he's got to be a father for two weeks out of every month. So you can be, a it's a lot easier to be a father and work when, you know, you, th- it's your hometown and you're, you're picking your kids up, but you know, you're, you're there, you're working. It's hard to be in San Francisco and be a father in Miami. That's a challenge. So I, I, I and Scott and look, Zoe, I love Zoe. Zoe wouldn't be throwing, Zoe's not out there to try to get Twitter clicks. He obviously mm-hmm. knows something, right? He He's heard something. Now, whether it's true or not, he's heard it. And he's repeating it. So I I wouldn't say, I do think that really, as you look at the story and everybody focuses on the name Brady, I think the story, the center of the story is that Miami thinks they need to protect themselves at quarterback. I think that's really, we've got the Josina Anderson story that they're shopping for quarterbacks. She never mentioned Brady. We've got this story saying Brady. So what I take out of that is, They're shot. They're looking. Now they say, and and they went out of their way to say they were not interested in Lamar Jackson through their own, through their media sources. So why would you need to do that if you were all in? You have the Tua. I mean, you have his jersey hanging in your house. I mean, like, why would we do it? Why do we have to say anything? (laughs) Those are are, are allegations. (laughs) Right. Like, let's just say it goes back to Ryan Poles. Why would you have to tell Peter King that you have all these number ones if you had it? I would tell Peter, Peter, look, we're, we're, we're really, we're sorting through a lot of things here. We got, you know, mm-hmm. we obviously, we know the picks are very valuable and we know there's good quarterbacks in this draft. But we, when you're sitting there saying, I know I have this, that you don't have it. You know, you don't have it. You're, you're licking the cookie again. <laughs>
0: It all comes back to rounders. The the, the point about it's Mike, all rounders. Mike, Mike McDaniel, he came out and said that Tua is the perfect fit for their offense, and then that's what they want to do going forward. So it feels like they're working OT to be like, hey, no, oh, Brady's no, no, not we're not doing fit. anything.
1: Brady couldn't, Brady couldn't make any of those throws that Tua no. made. Like, seriously. I mean, like, how stupid do does he think we are? <laughs> like, couldn't, Brady couldn't make all those throws. He's throwing five-yard passes to guys that can run after the catch. I mean, yeah. like, seriously, Brady can't do that?
0: I, I, can't, I can't wait to see what the next seven days has oh, in store for fun. us in the NFL. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, people have been asking for the emergency pod for the franchise tag guys. We knew those guys were going to get tagged. We had a feeling those deals were going to get done. Rodgers, Lamar, that's what we're talking about. It, maybe if Stafford's dealt, who knows if Kirk Cousins is dealt. Like, we're now going to start to get into emergency pod season coming up here you over bet. this next week or so so michael safe travels you for you as you continue thank your you. cross-country road trip thank you once again to all of our listeners and viewers on the youtube page subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcast thank you to DraftKings. thank you to Visa and thank you to our producer elliot bowman with us the gator on the heater as always here on the podcast we got more. we'll get more we got I'll more buddy we got more stuff going michael i'll talk to you later this week or maybe sooner if somebody gets dealt sooner. you bet